made me I, I think I wrote this down like evaluate is every time you trust God, is it always connected to an outcome you want? Because if that's it, then you may be trusting in your genie. True. You just have a what do you call it? Fairy godmother. <laughs> Someone that just makes you that's not that's not what this is about. Hey guys, welcome to In Position. I'm just gonna start by being completely transparent, which is the fact that I don't feel like being here right now. I don't feel like recording a podcast today. Um, I really just wanted to cancel. I just want to sleep, eat, watch a movie. But I am constantly telling people how they can't afford to be led by their feelings. And so I refuse to be a hypocrite because I have this knowledge. I have to walk it out. Mm -hmm. So I am going to do this regardless of how I feel. And, you know, if you guys sense a little low energy, that's what that is. But I'm praying that things switch up. As we get into it. Yeah, so my brother's here with me, obviously, as you can see beside me. I'm just going to let you introduce yourself again. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, My name is Sean. Some people know me as Sean. You may also know me as Otala. Um, But I am T's brother. It's a privilege. Just saying, by the way, before she blows up, we were always here. Um. But yeah, I, I've also been feeling a call of God in my life towards ministry in terms of music and even just sharing some of the lessons I've learned. So for as long as she will have me, you might see me, I don't know, a bit often on this podcast or on my channel. Uh, but first of all, I want to say that also I'm proud of you for walking it like you talk it because... Like you said, it's it's easy to say a message, but sometimes you don't always feel like walking in it. And like you said, feelings are not in the driver's seat. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we just have to do it as we're led to do it. Because um, God's always, he always has a plan for everything he leads us to do. So, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this. And I know it's going to be a blessing. I pray so. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and y'all bear with us, you know. We have one stand here. If you want to bless us, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, like with regards to not doing things based on how you feel, right? Mm-hmm. Something that I know God has been like speaking to me about for a while is complacency. Mm. There's a scripture that says carelessness kills and complacency is murder. When you're complacent, you're killing something. If I choose to be complacent about this, I am killing something. Um, So I'm trying not to do that. It is heavy. It's pretty heavy. And and it says murder. You know, murder is... I'm right, right? It's premeditated. Usually, like, murder is, is more... Yeah, you I know what, guys? Maybe I shouldn't degrees. speak on things I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, different degrees, different, I guess, levels of. Usually, I guess murder is somewhat premeditated, and I think manslaughter is not. Uh, or you're looking it up, but yeah, I I think murder has some kind of intent. Yeah. But that is deep. Listen, it it says here. It says here, murder, the unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another Mm. or to kill someone or kill unlawfully with premeditation. That's the carelessness. You know, you may just not know. Carelessness kills. Complacency. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you've chosen (laughs) to just be cavalier about things. It's premeditated. You're killing something. And that hit me hard. (laughs) That hit me hard. Um, Anyways, these are the kind of conversations I'd be having with God sometimes. I feel like 
I just get like blues <laughs> constantly. I mean, they're, I they're nice ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God is kind. But sometimes, man, I'm like, whoa, that's hot. <laughs> but yep. I, I need that kind of direct conviction. Um, and God, you know, when he does that, his arms are wide open. Anyways, I feel like we've gone like 100% off track. <laughs> but like I said, I'm not really feeling like doing this today but today i really wanted us to talk a little bit about grief Mm. a little bit of a heads up i did not make any notes i didn't take any notes i didn't write any pointers nothing i'm just like okay we're gonna do this thing we're gonna do this thing so just gonna speak she dragged me into this no kidding (laughs) oh well i kind of did but (laughs) and i'm not sorry but um yeah we'll just speak based on real life experience i mean it's not really Right now, it's not about, like, presenting a perfect picture. Mm. We're just going to authentically have a conversation about grief. Um, And I don't think it's just going to be one episode. I think there's going to be so much more of this, um, especially because I didn't take any specific points down. There's so many things that have happened during this period. I don't think I'm going to remember every single one right now. So for some context, though, um our mom went to be with the lord this year july 4th Mm. and there's a lot to unpack there but i want to start with sharing a bit of what god has done through my grief this period i put up a blog post my blog is tlatable.com, just a little plug, but so you can reference it because I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's quite, you know, yeah, it's, it's a bit a lengthy, but I do want to share a portion of it, not because I just want you guys to see what I wrote, but because it's literally a testimony I'm living through and I want other people to have hope because the truth of the matter is nobody, nobody, hmm. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter is that nobody gets to completely escape loss. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not going to lose somebody, you're going to lose yourself. Mm. You are either going to die or people around you are going to die because the flesh has an expiry date. Yeah. So, you know, in preparation for that time, uh, I want people to have hope. How beautiful it can look like. I'm going to start, actually. I, I said I was going to read a portion, but was it yesterday or like two days ago? Um, where we were having like a family call and we were all speaking at the end, things we're grateful for. And stuff. Oh, that would have been our Christmas, uh, I guess, our Christmas carol service thing. But that that was uh, Sunday. So Sunday, okay. a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you witness firsthand what has happened to me. <laughs> and that sounds kind of too dramatic, but seriously, guys, it's kind of amazing what God has done. And I kind of hope I don't cry right now because I have foundation. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping this is not one of those moments, but I'm going to pull it up real quick. So it's- That's one titled, is it Grief and Gratitude? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, maybe I'll just read like the first three stanzas, like the first portion. Okay, so the first part is first to God. So the way it's structured, I say some stuff to God. I say to the people that are reading and I speak to God again, because honestly, when I wrote this down, I wasn't I was it was a conversation with God, you know, Mm -hmm. like. I later had to go and actually change some things to direct it to some readers because this was me just talking to God. But First to God, O Lord, what have you done to me? I remember your promise about my tears, but my gosh, this miracle could not fit in the box of my mind. I am in awe of what you've done to me and to my tears. I remember I was once at a place where this kind of genuine joy and gratitude in the middle of what appeared to be chaos was unfathomable. The war zone that was my mind made it difficult to envision. 
But alas, I would say you outdid yourself, but we both know that's not even possible. Look at me now, unable to shed tears that do not somehow find their way to rise as incense in worship. Every time the darkness tries to eclipse your light and me, it is left confused. Surely the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not understand it. John was right. I see how my tears have surrendered as I witness them bow to you time and time again. They recognize who you are and no circumstance can overshadow that revelation. And no circumstance will. So help me God. I think I should stop there. Okay. Let's kind of lay the foundation. But honestly, this is, and I'm not just saying this because she's my sister. This was such a really good blog post and it's really relatable for me as well. And I just think there's there's so much to learn. Uh, the Bible says we overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Mm. We all have a really powerful testimony, whether we are aware of that or not. And... The whole point of a testimony is that it's shared so other people can draw from it. Other people can heal from it. Other people can be inspired from it. So, yeah, just just check it out. Uh, but I'll let you continue what you were saying. Yeah, no, but um, the whole point of this, if you couldn't like catch it from the first two paragraphs, is obviously it's very emotional. It has been very emotional, but like I literally cannot cry without ending in worship and gratitude. Like it has literally become impossible. Mm. Like when I have a moment, um, I have a frame up there of a picture of my mom. It's probably not going to be in the cut, but I have moments where I just look at that picture and, you know. I feel a bit emotional and I think to myself, don't worry, I'm coming. And not in a negative way. Like, listen, being with God, that's the goal. Yeah. That is the goal. If this is all we have, Paul said we are most miserable most. of all men. Absolutely. So that is the goal. Yeah. But um, literally, I look at that picture sometimes and I feel so emotional and I start to cry. And then I just find myself thanking God. Mm. I find myself thanking God because... I'll give you the last line. The last line of what I wrote here says, my gratitude attests to the validity of my grief. I am grateful I once had what I lost. Because I, I recognize that God has gifted me so much. Like, my mom, the most amazing woman. Mm. Like, I, I just... And I just keep thinking, like, God, I know I've done nothing to earn this kind of love. Yeah. Like, from conception, you chose to prove yourself to me, prove your love to me. With the parents you've given me, my mom, my dad, my siblings, my family. Like, I, I'm just, I'm so grateful because my mom poured and poured and poured selflessly. And she instilled so much in me and the biggest thing out of all of it is the faith the legacy of faith Huge. because everything else will fade away everything else that you see will not last forever but the things that are unseen yeah those stand the test of time <laughs> and um i'm just grateful i i couldn't foresee something like this happening like all i can do is thank god and worship mm -hmm. he doesn't let me just stay in grief alone it's incredible anyways it is um i guess also one thing that comes to mind as you were saying that is a discussion we had at another time um, about good and how we oftentimes kind of expect good so not, we're not always grateful for good because we kind of assume that's what we're supposed to get but in reality we don't really deserve much if we're talking about what god has given us we he doesn't owe us anything mm. um and 
sometimes we just need to take a step back and really do a reevaluation of our lives, of what we've been blessed with. Like literally, like the song says, count your blessings one by one. And it'll surprise you what God has done. And it's so true. I think a lot of the time we have so many experiences. And like I said, a lot of the time we expect good. So we don't necessarily focus on the good. But when something bad happens, that one sticks to memory a lot of the time. And it could change our entire day. But if we really just take a step back and count our blessings and appreciate the good it would be we'll be overwhelmed with gratitude and like you were talking about mom it's the same thing when i just recount all the goodness that i experienced that i took for granted in one season and just how much that has shaped my life yeah. overwhelmed with gratitude overwhelmed yeah well, well, that just made me forget everything I was going to say. <laughs> but it's so true. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, we're talking to dad earlier today and he spoke about writing things, like significant events that had happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. Mommy always spoke about journaling. She always used to tell me, write these things down. <laughs> write it down. God does this for you. Write it down. You will look back. And I see that this is not just something she was saying. Journaling is important. It's a biblical thing. Mm. You go back to the Old Testament. Time and time again, God is telling these people to write it down so they can pass it to future generations. Like, our mind can fail us. Like, amnesia is way too common among mm. Christians. Like, <laughs> it's like a standard. We just forget. Yeah, they've done that. Forget consistently. So I think it's really important that we actually document these things, create like memorials mm. to remind us of the things that God has done so that in the moments where circumstances are not looking great, you have proof to stand on and remember the character of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to say that if you don't journal, I haven't been doing a great job. Like I, I write, but I haven't been journaling consistently. I am learning to do that now. Yeah. I'm learning how important that is. Um, you're going to need to look back on those things sometimes. You're going to need to look back to remember that it's the same God. True. The same God that was with you then, same one that's with you now. And so even when things don't look good to you, you know that the end he has in mind is good. Yeah. And his plan will work out for your good. So, yeah, but grief and gratitude, right? Mm. That's what we're talking about today. How has the process been for you? It's been about six months or so now, which is kind of crazy. I don't feel like it's been six months. For real, it doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Before you answer that, I will say that one of the things that's, I don't know if to say it took me off guard. I just was not completely expecting life to just move on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like only your world stops. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want us to talk about some of the real challenges here because I think that even makes the gratitude that much better bigger because it's heavy the grief was heavy and god is literally lifting that but one of the the things that just hit me hard is like wow it feels like my world has stopped but mm. everything is going on as usual for everybody else understandably but like still in that moment you're like People come on and say, rest in peace, I'm so sorry. And then they're posting their, <laughs> and their yeah. random, I don't know, cat videos. Yeah. How did you feel about What was, you know, just share some challenges that you experienced. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm glad we're also not just focusing only on the gratitude, but also being real about the grief because the full power of the testimony is in those details as well. It's not pretending that 
everything was great and we were smiling and laughing 100%, 24-7. No, there was real grief. There was real pain. Um, so we're not going to sugarcoat that. And that, like you said, that that enhances the testimony even more. That for us, for me, for you, it doesn't even feel like this was less than six months ago. When I think about it, it's it's almost like, if not for God, I should be crying somewhere. I should be, I shouldn't want to live because this woman was the rock. Like she was a pillar in my life. And she helped me to build my faith as well, was always praying for me. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we're talking about the grief aspect too. What was it like for me? You pretty much summed it up. I do remember times like th- that where, first of all, I think I took time off social media when that happened because I knew that was also going to be the case that people wouldn't understand. Um, they could feel some sympathy, maybe sometimes empathy, but their world hasn't stopped like it seems like mine has. So one of the first thing I did was just to unplug from social media again. Um, and I just, I had to process these feelings, this pain, this grief. Um, I cried a lot, a lot of tears. Sometimes it was uncontrollable. Uh, and I remember one common thing we kept saying was it came in waves. Like it, it's yeah. not something you could control. It just kind of happens. One moment you're fine. And then suddenly just overwhelmed Comes with emotion. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also when you really need community, even though uh, by default, uh, this I think this also applies to you from our discussions we've had. This is usually when we want to retreat within ourselves and just block people off. Um, I remember the first person I, I told, I, I could barely get the words out. He called asking for, uh, I don't know, something random. And I, I was trying to respond, but... I just couldn't form the words without all that emotion welling in my chest. Um, and he he came over in a few minutes and I was able to let him know. And I thank God for that community that um, I experienced at the time because it really helped. Um, because losing or my mom passing on in that way it was really hard because we had a lot of belief and trust in God that the healing will come about a different way. Um, but what we saw kind of left us a bit, or left me a little bit disappointed and confused. Us. Us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the things we want we had to navigate. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you, maybe you want to add to I, that. I definitely want to speak on that disappointment then. Mm. I remember I had to have so many frantic conversations with God. Like, I don't know how to believe again. Mm. I genuinely was trying to navigate disappointment. Yeah. Um, God had built me to prepare me for this moment because you know what you said about like ordinarily you should just not want to be here Mm -hmm. if this had happened and i say this repeatedly because i really believe this is true if this had happened two years ago i would have been out of here i would have gone out with her (laughs) honestly because my mental state was in the gutter (laughs) like literally and god had done so much work in me up to that point that I had gotten to know him better, like his real character, not out of face value. And he had been preparing me to a degree so that even when this happened, there was not a question of if God is good. I don't know why you allow this to happen, God, but I know you're still good. 
Absolutely. I don't know how come, even though I did everything I know to do biblically, pray, fast, so you name it, quote scripture, whatever. I don't know why this didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. But I trust you because you've proven yourself to me over and over and over and over again. So I do want to say that that disappointment thing is real. Mm -hmm. I remember having, like I said, frantic conversations with God, real frank conversations. And I was like, God, I don't want to hope for something again and be disappointed like this. Like, can you just tell me what to hope for? (laughs) Literally, I wanted God to tell me, you know, if you pray for this person, I'm going to heal them. Then I'll pray. Like, this is guaranteed and that is guaranteed. I don't want to be praying against your will and then it's just not work out the way I want it to. Like, let me just align with you from the very beginning so I don't Mm -hmm. get disappointment. And the disappointment didn't just... Like, that effect was not just for small things. Like, sorry, not just for big things. It trickled into smaller things. Like, I remember trying to get my driving license. I had to take the G twice. Listen, the way that thing hits me when I failed (laughs) the first time... I was out here crying. <laughs> now, obviously, it's a driving license. Yeah. But it wasn't just that. It wasn't just about the driving license. It's like a culmination of things. Exactly. Yeah. I just started thinking, like, what is this about? God, I trusted you. I prayed. I this, I that. Now, I know God is not a genie in a bottle. I know that. But, like, this was big. <laughs> you know, this was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, so navigating disappointment was a very real one for me. That was a really big thing for me. Just asking God to show me, like, where do I go from here? How do I trust you again? Not trust you. How do I trust four things? Trust you four things again? Or can I just not, can I just not put, you know, so much hope, invest so much hope and just move on? Just say your will be done (laughs) because your will will be done anyways. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I just wanted to be a bit more passive because like really disappointments cautious. can be heavy. Mm. And I think something that God told me that's um, while I was praying about that is it's not your job to protect yourself. That's my job. Mm. And it's because me not wanting to be disappointed as a result, not wanting to hope for things was me trying to protect my emotions, my feelings, my all the things. I just I wanted to take it into my hands. It's me trying to control relinquish yeah, how, how I feel. Retrieve control. <laughs> hmm mm. And God is like, That's not your job. Ugh. And I'm like, Oof. But this one was heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I came to the conclusion that there's no other way to move forward than to just dive headfirst again. Yeah. Believing and hoping and trusting, but of course, really believing that God's will is the best. Yeah. And so when you say all your prayers and you end with the Lord, your will be done, and his will is done, it's perfect and complete. And understanding the nature of God's victory. I heard Jonathan Evans say this, and because they lost like he lost his mom. Yeah, over a span of... They lost a lot of people, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, their family. And yeah, something he was saying is, like, God was basically telling him, you don't understand the nature of my victory. Mm. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me because it's like, I, I, I don't like the way this thing ended here. But no matter what, we win. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to live here forever. Mm-hmm. And what we have is greater. And bigger and better. And I'm sort of digressing because we're supposed to be talking about the nitty gritty in terms of the hard things. But there's no way to separate this from the testimony and the revelation. Yeah. So I hope it helps someone. And and uh, if I could just add, um, for what you said, you know, getting back on that, you know, um, system of trusting God again and everything, it's not easy to do. Uh, but that's where the character part comes in very important, um, knowing God's character. The way I see it is it begins with trust and it ends with surrender. So you trust God. You know that 
even though you don't understand why this is happening, God is constant. He doesn't fail. He doesn't change. And then you bring your feelings before him, raw, vulnerable, exposed, instead of trying to um, use other forms of treatment that don't really last, like addictions or um, certain types of escapism, whatever the case is. And then surrendering again, like, God, your will be done. I don't know why it happened this way. Because one of the things that really affected me uh, when I came back, I remember after coming back from Nigeria, one of the first services actually at Woodville, I don't know if I told you this, but one of the first services back, I was serving on the video team. And at the end, it happened to be like a healing service. Now, this was pretty rough for me because there was a woman who I believe had cancer and we were praying for her. And I couldn't just help but remember how I also really prayed for my mom to be healed here on earth and and it didn't happen. So when we go through some kind of traumatic events like that, these feelings have a way of resurfacing. Mm I feel like that's also God's way of helping us make sure we actually heal from these things. Because I remember um, I remember crying. I was really upset. At, at one point after the service, I kind of walked out, was going to just take a walk, clear my head. Uh, ended up running into someone else at church. So we ended up having a conversation. But what I'm saying is, even with trust, grief can't still have a bit of a grip on us. But it's just always recentering, refocusing, coming back to that understanding. God is in control. He will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So... Not only did I have to get over some of the pain, I had to not be selfish about it. Like God was helping me generally still want to pray for somebody else mm-hmm. to get healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that in its own could be a whole different talk, but it also goes back to God really wanting to make sure you're healed from this and not just burying it, essentially. I absolutely love that you said that because that was surreal for me too. I remember um, not long after, you know, we got the news um, and I came over to your place and we were watching a message and they started praying for healing and I felt triggered. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't like that I felt that way, but I felt triggered. Mm. There was a part of me that's like, what if we're praying for all these people and telling them they are going to be healed here and then like that just isn't, you know, <laughs> that's just not the way it pans out. Mm. Not because God doesn't love them, but because, well, he chose to allow something else because God has a bigger plan in mind. But my point is, why should all these people have to deal with disappointments? And again, at this point, I'm like, God, just show me who to pray for. Show me what to believe for. Show me what to hope for. The things that I won't get disappointed about. I was trying to take the shortcuts, yeah. you know. So I really felt that. And then I remember a number of instances where I I witnessed the devil try to plant these evil thoughts in my mind. <clears throat> when you... So not too long before, there was this instance at a tennis court. I was playing with some of my friends. And then there was this lady that seemed to have just passed out. She she literally seemed to have mm-hmm. passed out mm-hmm. cold turkey. Like, they thought she was dead. And people were screaming, help, 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 help. And we went to help this lady, you know, calling 911. 911 helps my friend through CPR. I was praying for her. All the things. This woman was old and frail. And listen, her daughter was there. Her daughter was crying her eyes out. Like, oh, she's gone. What are we going to do? Do something. Do something. Mm. And, you know, we prayed. Well, I prayed. And they, you know, my friend was doing the CPR. And eventually she she came back. And in that moment, I remembered my mom. I'm like, hey, this is proof that God can't do it. Mm. 
God can, but I, I was like, you know, this is another glimmer of hope. And I remember later on thinking like, wow, you did it for her. When I know it was much older and everything, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it didn't happen that way in my case. You hear other people too. Saw God working on my heart as well though. Because I know I have a friend, her mom got miraculously healed from cancer. Mm. Miraculously, like, went back to the doctor and they said they couldn't find anything. And I'm like, I know God can do this thing. I didn't have a question. I think that's why I was upset. (laughs) Because I know that he's capable. He's shown me too much. Holding on to those testimonies and everything and keying into them. Yeah. I was like, I know that you can do Why didn't you? And you know, at some point I started praying, you know, if I don't need to know the why, please help me. Help me to move past it. Maybe I don't need to know it here. Maybe that why wouldn't feel satisfactory because my understanding is limited. Help me to move past that. But also I had to fixate on God's character. The character that he had been revealing to me in a much deeper sense over the past two years. I say this over and over and over and over again a million times and I'll say it again that one of the things God was telling me as I was praying in fact you can recite it at this point <laughs> one of the things that God was telling me as I was praying for mommy's healing is my character is reputation. not my reputation is not on trial can you imagine that when God told me the first time I was like ooh <laughs> chills <laughs> I wrote it down that stuck with me but at the same time while I'm like it's true your reputation is not on trial it's not based on the circumstances you see at the same time I'm like but you're gonna pull through <laughs> right the way I want you to mm-hmm. but then when it didn't happen the way I wanted it to I remembered I remember because I had been reciting this thing to myself over and over again my reputation is not on trial God's reputation is not on trial it's not on trial. It's not on trial, regardless of the what the results appear to be. Mm-hmm. Your victory is greater than here. Yeah. So that helps me. That helps me. And there are so many circumstances around this, and not to get into every single detail, but I will say one of the things was that few minutes before we had that call, I was watching a podcast called Grieving with God. I have no business watching that. I had no business watching that. I wasn't grieving. And it's not something I would... I I don't know. But for some reason, that day... Not obviously it was God. (laughs) That day, I sat down and I was watching this podcast from the Perrys. And they did an interview with a guy who had his experience with losing his wife. And he was talking about grieving with God. And it was five minutes to the end that I stopped about five minutes to the end that I stopped and called my family and then later got you know that news and it's like up till a few minutes before God was preparing me reminding me hey don't run away from me Hmm. in the middle of the grief and the sorrow and the angst everything you feel and that's something I really had to practice is I stopped I learned how to stop running away from my feelings. That's something God had been working me through for the past few years. If I'm going to cry, I will cry there in God's presence. I'm telling him I'm upset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to pretend to feel otherwise. And that helps me. Weeping in front of God and like going to him and telling him exactly how I feel. Unburdening in his presence. I was going to say, even if if you don't feel... Like you have what it takes to talk to God. You're that just angry. Cry. Just cry. Just sit there. Just cry. Be silent. And in your heart, you know, he sees your heart. He sees your heart. But, you know, a lot of times we like to pick up coping mechanisms. Pretending as if that will heal us. Mm. Temporary fixes. You run to entertainment and pretend like nothing happened. You Sometimes people become arrogant as a patch for insecurity. Those kind of things. Yeah. But they don't last. No, sir. Surgery is deep and painful, but the result is effective and is long-term. Yeah. Otherwise, things are going to spill over. Yeah, they just fester. It starts to invade those spaces you never even thought would be affected because we didn't handle, 
either if it, this applies to grief but it also applies to different areas where we haven't been healed where we just kind of uh covered it and let the wound fester and then it affects your relationships it affects your friendships it affects you at work with your colleagues i like that i, I like to say it's like slapping a band-aid on a gaping wound mm. After some time, infection just starts to grow deeper and deeper and it's rotten into other areas. Like it spreads. That doesn't fix your problem. Sure, the appearance may look decent because you've you've covered it up. Mm -hmm. But there's deeper stuff happening. You're making it worse. Inactivity is making it worse. Your complacency with your healing process is making it worse. Yeah. So it's really important to actually sit and surrender to the process like feel what you feel and surrender those feelings to god and like you said if you don't have the strength or don't feel like talking that's okay god sees that you don't have to force yourself to say a bunch of words that sound prim and proper no i just i had moments where in just in my heart i'm like god wow Mm. literally god wow like, I remember t- saying to you, I was saying to God as well, like, I can't believe you took her and you didn't take me. I can't believe you did this. <laughs> and not mm. because, like, at that moment I wanted to go. But part of my testimony is that, you know, for a long time I know to be here. <laughs> Let's just be real. Yeah. And we'll get into that part later. But I didn't want to be here. And I was praying at some point for the Lord to take me home. And I'm like, you didn't answer when I was praying for that. But then we're praying for her to be here. And so Mm -hmm. these are the genuine, authentic conversations that don't sound pretty. They don't sound, I don't know. Some people feel like they have to talk to God. Like you have to pretend. Mm -hmm. Obviously you treat God with awe and reverence, but you don't like, you don't need to fake it. He can see you anyways. Go to him regardless. Go to him upset. Go to him angry. Go to him. However you feel. Yeah. Just don't run. He's the only person that can heal you. Absolutely. So uh, that's a big takeaway for me is learning not to hide any part of my emotions from God. Mm -hmm. Sit there and process it with him. That was a big takeaway from grief. And then it was in that surrendering process that God began to turn things around for me. Like, look at it now. When I'm sitting down and I'm talking to God and I'm feeling, you know, a kind of way, suddenly I'm so grateful. It's not something I'm doing. I, I feel like I always have to emphasize that. That it is God that is making this possible. Because yeah. me on my own, I don't think I'm, I'm capable of that. Same. But the genuine worship and gratitude, I know that that's God working something. He's given me a new perspective. Mm-hmm. The right Perspective. perspective. That is so key. Because if I could add, uh, one of the ways I was able to make that pivot, that transition from grief to gratitude, had everything to do with perspective. Another story of some of the real struggles and pain that I was going through in this period was um, I had a landmark birthday, like a milestone birthday coming up my 30th. Um, I didn't even really want to do anything big. This is long before we knew of the diagnosis or anything. Just, I don't know, make it low-key with friends. And it just so turned out that the way everything happened, um, I was having my birthday, and three day, with, with um, it being at the back of my mind that three days later, I would be going to my mother's funeral. Now, I, I can't even begin to explain the state of my mind in that period because I couldn't even make sense of it. Um, this is a milestone birthday. This is something really significant. Um, I've grown so much in the past two, three years, spiritually especially, and a great physical transformation. And at the same time, there's this huge feeling of loss and grief because my mom isn't even there to see it in the flesh. And there was so much more um, I had planned and I wanted her to see. Uh, different, like my journey with music, um, with work. And there was just a lot of expectations. 
uh, that were now going to be, I guess, turned away. Um, but this, again, is the Holy Spirit, not me. As heavy as my heart was, and, and you guys did something really nice uh, for me that day. Um, they put together some videos of people, you know, wishing me a happy birthday and just sharing some of the things that they're thankful for. And I don't know if you remember, but I got extremely emotional and I was crying. Yeah. Now, what you may not know is a major reason for those tears was because I was seeing my mom and the things that they were saying about me when it came to mm-hmm. kindness, when it came to uh, just how I would treat people and love on people. And it, it wrecked me. I, I just kept thinking, this is all mom. This is all dad. This is their investment in my life. This is God working through them. So it, it got extremely emotional. That's when I was able to make that pivot to gratitude. Yes, it's, it hurts a lot right now because she's not here to see this, to see more of what her impact in my life has been. But understanding that even though she's not here in the flesh, she has already played such a huge role in my life and will continue to play such a huge impactful role that even though I don't see her every day, she's seen every day through my life, through Mm -hmm. your life. And and that just gave me huge, even more appreciation for the legacy that she had left, uh, legacy of faith, of love, of kindness, and just, you know, understanding that even though I wanted more for her in this life, there was I wanted to spoil this woman. Like, the best that I could have given her I said this before, the best I could have given her pales in comparison to heaven. So even understanding it from the perspective of eternity. Because this this life is is like a blip Mm. on the scale of things. Um, So just letting God work through that. Again, focusing on the positives. Gratitude doesn't necessarily mean your situation has changed. Oh, yeah. But your perspective has. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing. That was a big thing for me. Um was God was redefining a lot of things. Mm. He used that season to re- redefine a lot of things. Like death. What is death? Mm. I remember saying that for the rest of my life I will be a walking eulogy. I did not say that because it sounds poetic, <laughs> but quite literally the seeds that she planted will continue to yield return for the rest of my life. Like, I can't shake that part. Like, she's planted so much in me. And God was redefining, like, death, real death, is separation from God. If she's gone home to be with God, she's never been more alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, so when I have kids... Like when I'm giving birth, pregnancy is not the easiest process for a lot of women. I'm like, I won't have my mother there to hold my hand. Like, no, it's okay. The same God that held her hand is there with you. I think, oh, mommy's wisdom, the way she used to speak to me. And then I remember it's the same Holy Spirit that spoke through her that is in me. The same Holy Spirit is available. Yeah. And and just a whole bunch of things. I remember thinking, oh, so my, my children will not meet her. I was like, no, they will meet her. Just not the way you thought. Yeah. Every time I break into tongues like this, <laughs> as mm. I'm talking randomly, they've, they've met my mother. That's right. Like little things like that. So God really used that season to redefine a lot of things. Like, listen, I did not leave you unequipped to handle this. And what you've perceived as a loss is a gain. Mm. He's using it to build something. Because again, we're all going to leave this place. Our timing is based on limited knowledge. Like, yeah. we think, like, how can you do this now? It's premature. Is this, is that. God created time. Yeah. 
he knows when okay time is up <laughs> like and he knows what comes after he knows the bliss that comes afterwards he knows that like you said every single thing we could think to give her pills in comparison i know i've had these really amazing intense moments of worship with god where i just want to stay there forever i never want to leave and then I have to get up and walk and pay, you know, do things. Um, I just, I'm like, can I just stay here? And I remember thinking when mommy transitioned, like, oh my gosh, she gets to stay there. Mm. This is the perspective that God has helped me have. She gets to stay there. That to me, that's the biggest gift. That is the, like, oof. <laughs> to literally live in love every second of every day. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. Absolutely. So there were there were a lot of redefinitions, a lot of things I had to redefine. And God was helping me with the questions I had, like like I said, so she won't meet my children. It's like, no, she will meet your children. Or sorry, your children will meet her, just not the way you thought. Things like that. And something else that he was reminding me is like a question really is make sure your trust is not just always connected to an outcome because mm. that's what held me down is that i had come to know god's character now obviously again it's not just a thing of my own but i have i had come to know god as good to the point that I'm, i like regardless of what happens god i've come to know you you your person not what you can do for me mm-hmm. as good and so it made me, I, I think I wrote this down, like evaluate. Is Every time you trust God, is it always connected to an outcome you want? Because if that's it, then you may be trusting in your genie. True. You just have a, what do you call it? Fairy godmother. <laughs> Someone that just makes your, that's not, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about because we have limited understanding. The things that God calls good, we're not always going to understand it. Mm. God defines good. God defi- I keep saying good yeah. is God. This then you know, that's a whole other topic. I don't want to get into that because I, I have so much to say when it comes to the yeah. fact that all these, you're a good person. People are dropping up and down. Listen, listen, <laughs> God defines good. Don't get it twisted. Um, but again, that's a topic for another day. But yes, just a whole bunch of redefinitions and ensuring that, listen, your trust is not always connected to an outcome. Get to know me. Get to know my character because in those times where things look very difficult, that is what you will have to hold on to. And that's what I had to hold on to is God, as I was crying there, God, I still know you're good (laughs) with the tears, but I don't like this. (laughs) I don't like the way it turned out, but I still know who you are. I still know how you've come through. I still know how you've pulled me in the middle of all of this. Even as I was crying many tears, you helped me not to pass out. You still gave me hope. And then you later positioned us in places where we were comforting other people. And then the peace that you gave us that just surpasses understanding and the joy in the middle of the chaos. This can only be God. Look out for God's hand in every situation. If you look close enough, you will find it. Yeah. You will find it. And that's something I tried to do. I remember for a period of time, I was taking notes, evidence of God's hand mm. in some of the just ridiculous situations. I'm like, but I see how God's hand is here. Even though it doesn't seem to make sense, I see your footprints. Even if it's just a fingerprint, I see it. Pay attention. Pay attention. If you surrender it to God, trust that he's in it. And that at the end of the day, he has your best interest at heart. And I thank God for the way he's shown up for us, the way he continues to show up for us. Because the process is not over. No. It's not over. What It was what? Two days ago, I was crying like a baby. <laughs> it's like, but again, what God has done with my tears. Please, guys, please read that blog post. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I wrote it. Or how, I just, I want you guys to know that there's hope. Mm-hmm. it's beautiful what God has done. I I say it because I have to testify of this thing that God has done with my tears. Yeah. Like now I can be an actress. <laughs> you know, one of, <laughs> one of the reasons why I consider not like going into acting and stuff is like I couldn't cry on cue. Now 
Try me. <laughs> try me. They've been working over. Try me now. I'll just I can't I can't whip one up for you right now. But for real, this is what God has done. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I know it's God's the perspective that He's given us to see things as they really are. Mm. Not as a situation or the lens of suffering or grief makes us see things. Because we can be blinded by our grief, blinded by our pain. God gives you a clear perspective. That's Only him can do that. And there is so much to say, but I don't know how long we've been talking for. <laughs> is this up to an hour? Uh, I am not sure. It's possible. I guess maybe like closing. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to? Yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's tacking on to what you were saying towards the end there. One of the biggest lessons you could learn from grief, from these kind of struggles, is maintaining your focus. Mm. It is so key. It is so key. Like you said, when you're going through things, your perspective can easily be distorted. Your view of things can easily be corrupted. Um, It could easily be tainted. This is why it's very important for every believer to read the word of God. Because these are things that we have already been warned about in advance many times. In this world, you will have trouble. It's already there for all of us to know in advance. But he says, Take heart, Take heart for I have already overcome the world. It lets us know that our focus, yes, this life is very real. We have to walk through this life. It's not like we could just uh, hibernate our way through. No, we have work to do here, but this life is not the end. We have to have that eternity perspective because at the end of the day, there's a clock on everything we do here on earth. Uh, It's somewhere in the Bible that talks about um, wise people thinking often about death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because it's not like you you become a sadist and you're just like thinking of gory things. No, but you're you're mindful that time here is limited, and that verse about Lord teaching teach us how to number yeah. our days that we can apply our mind to wisdom. Mm. Because again, focus is so key in this life. We are promised trouble, but. Even better, we are promised that God is with us. We have a comforter that walks with us, that stays with us in every situation. God is no less with you or no more with you when you're in a fiery furnace than when you're living in abundant blessings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's the same. He's with you. through. Look at Joseph's story. God was with him in the prison. God was with him in the palace. God was also with him in Potiphar's house. Every step of the way, God was with him. And it all served a purpose in his life. We may not see it. We may not understand it in the moment. That's where the trust of God comes in handy again. We trust him because we know who he is. We don't know why this is happening. But we have God's character. So focus is probably the biggest takeaway that I can say I got from this just keeping that focus, understanding we don't mourn like those who don't have hope. We don't like cut ourselves and, and, and cry and like this is the end. Yeah. We understand that we're only passing through and it challenges us when, when events like this happen to really evaluate where Are we leaning towards? Where is our perspective? What are we hanging our hat on? Where is our focus really? And it's in God's loving kindness that it's redirected towards him and towards eternity. So yeah, that's just what I wanted to add. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I think the first thing I want to say is get to know God. Not about God. Because it's one thing to know theoretical things about God. You could have read the entire scripture and you know God said this and did this and did. But relationship, 
requires direct communication. You can't live off of other people's revelations for the rest of your life. That is the only way you actually get to trust God's character is when you build a genuine relationship. Not like, I don't know, you have a friend and you're always telling me about your friend. I don't know that friend. I know about him. And that's how a lot of us live with God. This religion sometimes is there's no relationship for a lot of people they know about what people have said about god what the pastor has said about god and that's why sometimes you see us crying in worship and you don't get it get to know god get to know him for yourself just talk to him like the way you spend intentional time with your friend do the same thing with god directly Mm -hmm. that's one thing i want to say absolutely and also that verse that verse see there are a number of things, like I said, that God was, it's just so clear how he was prepping me. I'm not happy. Um, obviously, I, happy. I use the word happy very specifically. I was not happy about the fact that he was prepping me for this. Like, why? But that's also a verse I had been studying, like, some days before that happened, for days repeatedly. The version I was using, I'd bounced, you know, compared different versions, but I, this version I really like. It says, teach me the brevity of life mm. that I might apply myself to wisdom. Mm. And I sat there and, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? When you understand how short this life is, it makes you apply wisdom to the things you do. Like living in view of eternity is so important. You're not going to stay here forever. Unfortunately, when some people lose loved ones, the way they choose to go about it is to quote unquote, maximize their life here on earth by doing wild things. But it doesn't end here. It doesn't end here. You're here for a bigger purpose. You're here for more. There are people connected to your being here. You're here for God's kingdom to be established on the earth. Mm -hmm. All of these, you know, pleasures pale in comparison to what God, that's why you have, I don't know, a bunch of drinks. And then later, if you do that to cope with your sadness or whatever, later you're sad again. And then you're looking for the next high. You don't have to look for the next high. You can stay high forever (laughs) in God's presence. (laughs) Literally, you're abiding here and you stay that way. Like all these temporary fixes just won't do it. This life here on earth is temporal. Ask God to give you perspective. Yeah. Ask him to give you perspective on the brevity of life Mm -hmm. and to give you insight on eternity and how that affects the way we should be living here. Really open your eyes to it because we can't by ourselves. We can't. God opened our eyes. Life here is temporary. Think bigger. Think long term. Whenever we go and we put, I don't know, purchases on a house, we want to do investments and stuff. You think, okay, yes, from now, the value appreciates. You think before you do these things. You think long, the long term results. Mm-hmm. For almost everything, when you go to school, you're thinking, oh, yes, I'll get a degree and then I'll work this job. You are thinking about the results it will produce for you. But for some reason, <laughs> where we are living here on this earth, people don't want to think bigger than the now mm. listen you need the same investment mindsets yeah we're investing in our eternity in our future in god i've been thinking about this phrase i just keep saying it the flesh has an expiry date think long term mm. think long term and that's not to scare anybody oh my gosh i have to say that <laughs> it's not to fear it's to fear it's not to scare anybody like the way I live now and I don't get it right all the time, but my trying to live in view of eternity is not driven by fear. It's driven by love. It's driven by love, but it's also driven by an awareness, knowledge and insight that things don't end here. So first things first is get to know God, build a one-on-one relationship with him. It's the most beautiful thing. I promise you like, I cannot put it into words. Mm. I cannot put it into words. Yeah. God has just been everything like to you me. You have to taste and see. You have taste to taste and, and see. see That's that right. Is good. That's right. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I think we're going to round up here because um, we could go on forever. But mm-hmm. I guess we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Don't forget to check out the blog post. I will put the link in the description. Um, it's grief and gratitude. And if you know anybody that has recently lost a loved one, it's just some encouragement. Give them hope. I want people to know what God can do with your tears. Mm. I am still in awe about it. Like, even if nobody else feels as amazed as I do, I remain in awe because I know where I came from. Yeah. I know where I came from. I used to cry a lot of tears. It's not, it didn't start now. But the nature of the tears changed. It changed massively. Massively. Mm. And... That is a story for another episode. But thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. And in position, the whole point of this is to equip people to be in alignment with God's will. And one of those things is learning how to handle grief. Because like we said, you're going to lose people or you're going to lose yourself. You know, either they die before you or you die first. Flesh-wise, of course, I'm talking about um, physical death. And it's important that we learn how to handle these things. Yeah. Catch you in the next episode. Yeah.